Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I am your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, as always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Snag your top 200 study guide where I lay out important clinical pearls, uh, adverse effects, and really some of the most highly uh, testable clinical pearls uh, with regards to medications in the top 200 list. So uh, kind of a unique resource for everybody. Uh, something you can get simply by uh, subscribing uh, to the, the blog there at reallifepharmacology.com. All right, so today's drug is going to be a Abacavir. Uh, brand name of this medication is Ziogen, uh, also abbreviated ABC. And this drug is used in HIV management. Uh, it does also come in many pill combinations. So you may see various um, drug names uh, where it actually is in uh, the co a combination of pills, which is important um, in HIV therapy because it helps reduce pill burden and uh, improves compliance, which helps um, you know reduce resistance and, and all sorts of different um, good stuff in, in the management of, of HIV there. Uh, it is classified as an antiretroviral agent, a nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitor, and if you remember um, how some of these drugs work, uh, mechanistically, remember that it is a guanosine analog and it gets phosphorylated in the body and actually competes with natural substrates to inhibit reverse transcriptase. Now, also, if you remember, uh, HIV gets into uh, CD4 cells and it uses its own reverse transcriptase to change its own RNA into DNA. That's why it's called reverse, because it goes from RNA to DNA, which typically we go from uh, DNA, DNA to RNA in many um, normal biological processes. But this virus is different in that it uses this reverse transcriptase enzyme. And Ultimately, it incorporates uh, that DNA into the uh, CD4 cell nucleus, which obviously, as you could imagine, um, can wreak havoc on the, the body and uh, you know increase risk for opportunistic infections and, and all the um, negative things that go along with immunosuppression there. Now, adverse effects... Uh, one of the most uh, unique, I think, and important things to remember with Abacavir, uh, certainly a highly testable clinical pearl, um, is hypersensitivity reactions. And there actually is a boxed warning on that. Patients with the HLA-B5701 allele uh, are at higher risk for hypersensitivity reactions. And we actually uh, test for this to ensure that it's uh, safe for the patient or safe as we can make it, uh, safe for the patient to uh, take this medication. So again, with that HLA-B5701 allele, uh, this drug is contraindicated. So definitely uh, important to remember that, and it's definitely going to be a uh, monitoring parameter, or we'll check um, through genetic testing uh, if they have that allele before we're going to start a back of ear so we don't risk hypersensitivity. Uh, other adverse effects, 
Um, generalized symptoms like GI upset can happen. Uh, rarely you may see some CNS changes as well, maybe uh, insomnia or sleep changes, uh, dizziness maybe. Uh, and also uh, lactic acidosis and hepatomegaly uh, are uh, potential adverse effects with abacavir. Now when I think about this clinically, um, I'm looking out for maybe patients with a history of liver disease or maybe at risk for liver disease um, that may increase that risk of uh, liver concerns, liver problems with the, the medication there. Um, also, I take a peek and, and see if they're on other uh, higher risk medications that may cause liver impairment as well. So a couple things I look for there. Um also, there has uh, recently, I think, been a little bit more information on um, possible associations with uh, negative cardiovascular outcomes like MI. Now, these are just associations, so I'm, I'm always kind of cautious with associations because it doesn't necessarily mean causation. Um, but I, th I think it does uh, allow you to um, bring up a good education point with patients for sure. Um, that we maybe get a better handle on some of those uh, modifiable risk factors for uh, cardiovascular disease, whether it's you know smoking or cholesterol or um, hypertension. Um, getting those risk factors under control can obviously help uh, lower our risk of, of MI, and in particular maybe on a, in a patient on a back of ear. So I think it's something to look at, something to think about if there's other options available that maybe don't have that association in a higher risk cardiovascular patient. Uh, it might make sense to, um, or it might be one reason uh, to, to look elsewhere towards a, a different agent there. Uh, I did want to mention uh, administration, so GI upset, um, probably not crazy common, but if it does happen, uh, a back of ear can be given uh, with or without food. So that's always a, a nice thing that we don't have to tie, necessarily time that um, at, a, at a specific time around uh, eating and stuff, which can be sometimes tricky uh, for patients depending upon their lifestyle and, and what they have going on. Uh, monitoring parameters, I did want to touch on that. So uh, mentioned hepatomegaly risk, so LFTs certainly might be monitored. There are some you know, potentially rare um, uh, blood disorder changes that have been reported and associated. So uh, CBC might be monitored. Obviously, with HIV, we're going to want to monitor that immune function as well there. Uh, lipids, uh, hyperlipidemia. Uh, monitoring for that uh, is important with uh, Bacavir. And then, of course, we're going to do our, you know, regular routine HIV labs as well, you know, looking at those uh, RNA levels and, and looking at CD4 count. All right, so let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we will finish up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, like NAPLEX, pharmacotherapy, ambulatory care, geriatrics, medication therapy management, go check out meded101.com slash store and support our sponsor. In addition, if you're a nurse, physician, med student, PA, nurse practitioner, uh, we've got a ton of resources at meded101.com slash store, various audible books, uh, paperback books, ebooks. 
uh, lots of, of case studies, clinical pearls uh, for various things. A couple of recent releases. Um, I've done a guide on drug-food interactions as well as a specific guide on drug-drug interactions. Uh, the book on drug-drug interactions in primary care, uh, that you can get at audible.com for free. Um, I've got the link right through meded101.com slash store, so go uh, check that out. And if you've never had an Audible book before, you can get that for free. So uh, go scope it out, all at meded101.com slash store. All right, so finishing up on drug interactions, uh, a back of ear fortunately doesn't have a tremendous amount of drug interactions, so that's great. Uh, one of the big reasons why it's not terribly bad in this aspect is because it avoids uh, the SIP pathway. It doesn't go really through SIP3A4. Uh, it doesn't go significantly through you know, 2D6, where a lot of other drugs impact those enzymes. So that's certainly good. Um, what I'm potentially looking out for is additive effects from other medications, whether that be you know, GI upset, uh, you know, liver toxicity risk, if we've got other meds on board uh, that may exacerbate that. Uh, also, uh, lactic acidosis, you know, the first common medication I think of, of course, is, is metformin. If we've got risk factors for that lactic acidosis and we're on a back of ear as well, um, which, which has been reported and has the potential to increase that risk, um, that, those are a couple of things that I'm looking out for as far as um, additive effects with drug interactions. Uh, there are a few um, uh, kind of oddball ones that may lower concentrations of abacafir. Uh, Methadone is kind of a unique one. Uh, Orlistat, uh, which is a drug used for uh, weight loss purposes, uh, well known for causing uh, loose, oily stools basically prevents the absorption of uh, fat in the gut. Um, those two, methadone and orlistat, can lower drug concentrations. Uh, protease inhibitors, this is one that um, you might see a little bit more often or at least might notice. Um, just recognizing um, that protease inhibitors may lower concentrations of abacavir is important um, because in a patient who has HIV, uh, you may see uh, protease inhibitors obviously used in combination uh, with abacavir. So important to uh, remember that. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, any of these interactions, uh, probably not strongly clinically significant. I mean, you wouldn't avoid, likely wouldn't avoid using them together. Now, obviously, if you started them and you noticed, a, you know, a a poor response uh, to a back of ear or increased progression of, of HIV in the disease state, then it's like, okay, yeah, you might go do something different um, that way, but you probably um, would mostly monitor these, these drug interactions uh, for the, the most part there. All right, so I think that's going to wrap it up for today. If you enjoyed the podcast, go leave a rating review on iTunes. Uh, also, go to reallifepharmacology.com and uh, take advantage of that free 31-page uh, PDF. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me at mededucation101 at gmail.com or LinkedIn is probably the uh, social media platform I'm most actively on to track me down. 
I thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. hope you picked up a few clinical pearls, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.